Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Only Jesus, the great I am, can satisfy the spiritual hunger in our lives. There's nothing can meet your spiritual hunger than a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We say that the couples, when they get married, this person you're marrying cannot meet all the needs in your life. They're going to be great for you. God designed marriage. It's fantastic. It's difficult, but it's fantastic. And this person will supply lots of the needs you have, but this person will never supply all your needs. There's only one person that can supply all our needs, the great I am. Mankind has been led to believe that they're on this earth completely by chance. Because of that, their life has no underlying purpose. Their job is to create a meaning for their lives themselves. There's no higher being than they're responsible to. Pastor Mark will be teaching today that this worldly view of life has brought nothing but death. You'll hear that the people in Jesus' time struggled with the same search for meaning. Although Jesus was trying to show them that there is indeed a God who cares for them, They were focused on their physical needs and missed what was a more important message. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 6 as he continues his message, Bread of Life. Now, verse 28, Jesus said to work for it. Then they ask him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Now, remember back in that verse, Jesus said in that verse, remember the verse we just read? He says in that verse, when you work for it, the Father, the Son of God will give it to you. So understand what we're talking about there, and it'll make sense to you in this verse. First, they miss the gift part of what Jesus just said. They're thinking of the Old Testament law. Man is all, you and I, we're always trying to earn our salvation. Salvation is a gift. You can't earn it. So you don't need to write this, but I think it's very important for you to understand this. All world religions focus on what man can do for God. Every world religion. Can I be good enough? How can I be good enough? Christianity is the only one that's different. Christianity focuses on what God has already done for man. It's a gift. You can't earn it. It's a gift. That doesn't seem right because, as I said, 99.9% of the other world religions all believe the other way. So it's difficult for people to understand that. How good do I have to be to be a Christian? If I come to your church, how good do I have to be? What do I have to do to get to heaven? Remember the rich young man? What do I have to do to get to heaven? They're asking the same thing. Now, it's interesting because they forgot that the Son of Man would give them this. Well, look at verse 29. And Jesus answered, 
The work of God is this. And let me just stop there. Some of you can say, Pastor Mark, I thought you told me forever we can't work for our salvation. The work of God is this. Well, finish the verse. To believe in the one he has sent. So the only part I play in my salvation is to what? Believe. To believe. Jesus responds, the only work, the only thing you need to do is believe. And after you believe, then you can do good works for God. Faith and eternal life are a gift from God. I do have to exercise my faith by believing. That's the work that I do do. But interestingly enough, faith to believe even comes from God. Now, keep your finger there. Let's turn back to Ephesians 2, 8, 9 just quickly. You know this by heart, but it's good because as you witness and as you share, as you know today, there are some churches that will teach that if you belong to this church, you earn salvation. No, salvation is found in the Son that will give it to you. Jesus Christ alone has nothing to do with any church, not our church either. Now, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, Paul would write it like this. You know it, for it's, it's by grace you've been saved. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God. So even the faith that we exercise comes to God. And how is that? You'll see later. You can't come to God when you want. God has to draw you. So God opens our eyes, as we saw not long ago with Lydia in Philippi. God opened her eyes from the gospel. And this is not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Not by work so that no one can boast. Then we see, after we're saved, what happens? For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. That's one of the five fruits that we talked about, is proof of a disciple, that I'm going to be fruitful. Fruit, more fruit, much fruit, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So salvation and eternal life are a gift from God simply by believing and receiving Jesus Christ. Now, So the only good work a sinner can do is believe in Jesus, confess their sins, receive him as Lord and Savior, and then follow him. I like to say it like this with John 1.12. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave. It's a gift. He gave the right to become children of God. So what is the work that I do? I repent. And I believe. And then the gift of salvation is given to me. And I become a child of God. Repent, believe, receive, become. The first two part, I have to do. But I don't do them alone because God convicts my heart. The Holy Spirit is the first person to convict me of my sins. John 14. And then, of course, the believe we just read, that faith comes from God. So the little bit of work I do, God's already at work in me. So it's a beautiful thing. Now, back to John 6.30. After Jesus says this, they still don't get it. Look what they say. So they ask him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Now, what happened yesterday? Any of you ever seen five loaves and two fish feed 15,000 people? They just, I mean, they experienced it and they were full. 
So one of the, that's the same argument we say today. Give me another miracle. Give me another miracle. Prove it. Show that you are the son of God, then we'll believe. But Jesus always says it like this. No, no, no. You believe and then I'll prove it to you. That's why many scientists struggle. You prove it, then I'll believe. Jesus says, no, no, no. You believe and then I'll prove it. Why? Hebrews chapter 11, 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Always requires a step of faith in our life. Now, Jesus had already shown many signs. Why were the crowds there? Because he healed people. He cast out demons. He raised the dead. He had just fed them. If signs and wonders produce faith, they should have already believed. I want you to write this down. I think this is very true. Faith produces miracles. Book of James, when the elders and their wives pray for people on Tuesday nights, they're praying in faith. The prayer of faith will heal the sick. But look at the second part. But miracles do not produce faith. These people had seen an amazing miracle. They weren't convinced. You can see an amazing. Lazarus, when he was raised to the dead, other miracles that the religious Jews saw, the Bible says they go off and try to find how to kill him. So we would like to say today, well, man, if my friend could see a miracle, they'd come to Christ. Maybe, but usually not. See, they have to take a step of faith like everybody else. By the way, the danger of that is in the end times, we told you, what are we going to see in the end times? Miracle after miracle after miracle. But from who? Satan. So I have to be very, very careful. Now, Jesus didn't want crowds that would follow only for miracles. I mean, how long is that going to last? He had come to heal physically, but more important, to heal spiritually. Now look at verse 31. They say this. Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Here's what they're thinking. They're only thinking physically. They're not thinking about Jesus. They're not thinking about salvation. They're not thinking about eternal life. They're only thinking. So here's what they said. Watch this contrast. Moses fed a nation. Moses fed them, our relatives, for 40 years. Bread, well, it wasn't from the earth. It came from heaven. It was this unique manna stuff. Jesus, you fed 5,000 yesterday, maybe 15,000. You fed us once, not 40 years. And your bread was the bread we eat. Not bad for a start. What can you do today? You can do a little better, can't you, Jesus? You say, well, Pastor, come on. What's what they're saying? You're not as good as Moses. You only fed us once. And Jesus said to them, here we go again, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it's, circle this in your Bible, my father. What is he saying to them? This is another proof of his what? Deity. That Jesus was the son of God. He said, my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. It's my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. That's Christ claiming his deity. Then he says this, for the bread of God is he, it's not a thing, it's not a loaf, is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So what is he saying? I came down from heaven. Proof again, 
John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So once again, Jesus corrects the wrong thinking. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Moses didn't supply that bread. God supplied the bread from heaven. Now, I challenge the pastors, and I challenge myself, and I want to challenge you on this part. Sometimes I can be prideful. Can you? You already know the answer to that. So I can say, well, this teaching I gave to you. Or you can witness and go, man, I did a really great job at witnessing. Careful, that bread didn't come from you. That bread came from the Father. Memory says, if it, when, when, when you get in a place and you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit will teach you what to say. So I challenge the pastors. This is not like a great teaching from Pastor Mark. The Father's teaching us through the person of the Holy Spirit. See, they said, Moses. No, 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 no. Moses couldn't have given you that at all. That came from God, the Father. So any good, really, that we do, I mean, he uses us, but any good, you're not God. I'm not God. Give the glory and honor to God. That's what Jesus is saying here. There's no way. This bread, by the way, he says, this bread is superior to the manna. Since the old manna is gone, and what happened to the people that ate that manna? How many years have they been dead? Thousands of years. Gone. Finished. In the grave. He's going to say later, the bread that I give you, how long will that last you? Eternity. There's that contrast again. The temporal from eternity. Now, the origin in bread is heaven. The identity of the bread is Jesus. The purpose of the bread was not to feed them now, but for eternal life. Look at verse 34. Sir, they said, from now on, give us his bread. This statement, once again, we see their spiritual blindness for their thinking again of this spiritual bread. Kind of like the woman at the well, remember? Give me this so I don't have to come by here and dip my thing in the water again. Let me have it. Notice, verse 35. Finally, Jesus just has to simply clarify it. And Jesus declared, here's that word, I am. This is one of those places where Jesus is using the name for Jehovah. I am for himself. Again, proving his deity. The Jewish people would have understood that, obviously. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me, not a church, not a religion, will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. So the real reason people are searching is they're hungry for purpose and meaning in life. They think this physical hunger, but it's actually spiritual hunger. And only God can open their eyes that way. That's what you want to be praying for, for your lost friends and your relatives. God, open their eyes. It isn't physical that they're hurting with. It's a spiritual hunger for God. So Jesus tells them, I'm the one you're really looking forward to. I'm the guy. I am the bread of life. That's what you are searching for. Now look at that verse again. He who comes to me. Personal invitation. Reminding us that salvation is not about a thing or religion. It's a person. It's not a religion. Believe on me. Receive me. Together we'll do life. Together. Now, here is a statement that is not politically correct, but it's 100% true. 
Only Jesus, the great I am, can satisfy the spiritual hunger in our lives. There's nothing can meet your spiritual hunger than a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We say that the couples, when they get married, this person you're marrying cannot meet all the needs in your life. They're going to be great for you. God designed marriage. It's fantastic. It's difficult, but it's fantastic. And this person will supply lots of the needs you have. But this person will never supply all your needs. There's only one person who can supply all our needs. The great I am. You won't find it anywhere else. And he will supply. We won't hunger and thirst. It's a great thing. Then verse 36. But as I've told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. Now remember in verse 30, the unbelieving Jews asked the Lord for a sign that they might see and believe. Jesus says, hey, I already showed you some signs. And you haven't believed at all. When you saw these miracles of the loaves and the fishes, you missed the teaching. I'm God in the flesh, and this miracle required supernatural abilities. Jesus said, I'm fully God, but I'm fully man. I didn't do that. God supernaturally took that bread. Remember, I prayed to the Father that day. Next, I'm God in the flesh, and I will meet your physical needs. I just proved it to you. But I'm God in the flesh, and I am the bread of life who will meet your spiritual need, which is really the need you need met. Then verse 37, look at it. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but this is one of the key verses in the Bible. Because, let's read it, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. So verse 37, we have a picture of divine election, predestination. In that same verse, we have a picture of not only the sovereignty of God that we just talked about, but the free will of man. Both of those together. See, if you're going to teach the Bible, you just have to teacher where it is. You'll find the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God is right there. God has chosen. And then there, look at the second part. In the same verse, we see the free will of man. And whoever comes to me. So you see them both. Did God choose us? Or do we choose him? The only answer is yes. And that doesn't make a bit of sense to us. Listen to this. So these two truths run side by side like two lanes on a superhighway throughout the scriptures. The human mind cannot reconcile these two teachings. You will never solve that. So God has a predestination for people. Man has a free will and he must choose. So what is it? In his wisdom, the foundation of the world, we see it. It's a privilege. We just don't understand it. So you say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm not sure I was elected. Receive Jesus Christ, you were. Well, I don't know that I won't. Well, then maybe you won't. See, we can't understand it. So don't try to argue about it. We see it both all the way through Scripture. Deal Moody said this. The elect are whoever wills, and the non-elect are the whoever wants. And then Deal Moody would say this. God, you've elected some, elect some more. And he preached for salvation. So don't get tied up with all of that. But you see both. Before we were created, God had a wisdom and a knowledge, a foreknowledge, 
I believe that he knew who would receive him when presented to them. And he knew who would reject it. That doesn't mean because he knew he forced him to do that. We never see anywhere in the Bible that the Bible says God has elected some people to hell. God forbid. It's his will that all come to salvation. That's scripture. We teach it. But man is left to what? His free will. God did not ignore that. When Adam and Eve started, we see that right in the garden. There was one tree. God said, you can choose to obey me or disobey me. What do you call that? Free will. What did they do? They exercised their free will. Now we have sin. But don't ever believe that God's elected anybody to hell. It's his will that all come to salvation. Now, look at verse 38. I have come down, Jesus says this, I've come down from heaven not to do my will. That's, by the way, a great definition of a disciple. But to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will, look at this, for my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. There you go. Everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall what? Have eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last days. Now, you don't need to write this, but I want to end this because I think it's a great summary. Here we go. We see God's will for the believer. God wants everyone to look to Jesus. In other words, they can't do life alone. That's what you're praying for. We're praying for people who think they can find satisfaction. They can find the meaning of life outside of God. It's impossible. It was designed to be impossible. That's why we witness. That's why we share. Number two, God wants everyone who looks to Jesus to believe in Jesus. He doesn't go like, well, I don't think I want you to be in heaven with me. I don't think I want you. I don't think. No, he wants everybody to look to Jesus and everybody that will look to Jesus to believe in Jesus. For God so loved the one third of the world. He loved the whole world. Jesus died for the whole world. Number three, if they'll look to Jesus and believe, then they will be satisfied here and have eternal life forever there. How do we keep this I am, the bread of life? We keep him first place in our life by being in his word. Man does not live by the bread alone, but by every word. Jesus is the word, the living word of God. That's what we've studied for the last hour, the living word of God. Do you feel well fed? Do you feel satisfied in the spirit, man? Yes, we do. That's because God has fed us tonight. His word. Today, you were reminded that everyone has a spiritual void that nothing on earth can satisfy. Pastor Mark also taught about Jesus' frustration with the people he was trying to talk to. You found out how their spiritual blindness was shown by how they responded to what Jesus was telling them about the kingdom of God. You were warned to not be like those people. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. 
All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Well, this ends Pastor Mark's message, Bread of Life. Next time, he'll be starting a new message called, I Am the Light of the World. Jesus is going to try again to explain who he is to the people that were listening to him. You'll be reminded of the two primary questions that all people have, which is, who am I and why am I here? You'll hear Jesus' answer to the people and how his answer applies to your life. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a herd